A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. And this is Rick Swan. Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Wrestle Talk. Hello and welcome to the WrestleTalk podcast. I am Luke Owen and I'm joined by El Fakador Laurie Blake. Hey, mate. Hello, mate. How's it going? Yeah, grand. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We, um... Looking forward to my state-mandated walk. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, after we've done this recording, me and my wife are going to go out and try and uh, do a shop. Oh, uh, no. Yeah, well, my oh. trip to Waitrose uh, earlier in the week was not particularly fruitful because it took me 50 minutes just to get through the door. Um, so, yeah, this one should be fun um, <laughs> on a Friday. But um, we, uh, we're we reaching dire times, uh, Laurie, mm. because last night after we did a, I did a family quiz and after that, me and my wife said, you know, really fancy a glass of wine. The only wine we had in the house was the fancy wine. Not the fancy wine, Luke. The fancy wine that we've been holding on to for four years. Oh. That fancy wine. We were like, do you know what? Maybe it's time. Maybe it's do time. Do you mean, when you say fancy wine, do you just mean different wine to the <laughs> wine you normally drink? No, this was genuinely fancy wine. This was quite an expensive <laughs> bottle that Kate bought me for a Christmas present one year. Um, oh, okay. And we were holding on to it. We are like, we'll have it once we finished the, the house, because it was when we first moved into this house. We've actually finished the house now for ages but oh, okay. we've just been well. holding on to the white still. So we were like, maybe, maybe it's time. Maybe it's funny it's how time. that happens. You just, just hoard alcohol. It's like, it's for, like never keep things for best. That's what I say, because yeah. you never use it. Like best never comes around. Like my missus is, uh, we've got loads of tins of beans in, mm. which we had before, just for breakfast, before the uh, any of this happened. And now it's like, I'm like, can I have some beans for breakfast? She's like, no, we need them in case everything goes tits. <laughs> I was like, when, when, when? I just want to eat the beans. Uh, right, well, we're going to crack on into the show. What you're here for, talking about the AEW and WWE ratings declining and uh, can wrestling survive after this is all over? Here is the show. Uh, 
so let's dive into this chat about the AEW and WWE ratings. Um, there was a note actually that was interesting from The Observer, uh, which came out last night, which Dave wrote. After the ratings came into WrestleMania 30 on ESPN, the feeling was WWE had reached a new group of eyeballs they had never reached before. That does not seem to have uh, reflected in this week's ratings, however, because mm-hmm. Raw did under 2 million viewers, did 1.9 million, with the final hour of a scary drop of 1.6 million. SmackDown did 2.3 million, the previous week was 2.5, and AEW and NXT also took a hit this week. AEW had 685,000 viewers, which is down 16.4% from uh, last week. It's the third lowest viewership the show has ever done. And NXT dropped 11.8% to 590,000 viewers. Mm -hmm. So we thought we would open this up because prior to us going into our little caves, um, so we can start doing all of these shows remotely, one of the things that we had thought about was that, hey, you know, everyone's going to be in their own caves. So they'll probably be looking for entertainment. You've got to think, actually, that maybe wrestling viewership is going to see a massive increase because people will just be desperate for new content. Yeah, you would you would think that. However, I guess the problem is is that wrestling has now had to take on a form that is inferior to what wrestling was before. And I think like the the argument is that like the AEW's probably stuck the most closely to what it was putting out before and even that is still slightly a a weird version of it. Obviously they're making a bit more fun, having a bit more fun with the fact that there are, there is no audience putting the wrestlers in the crowd doing a bit more like obviously acknowledging the fact that there's no one there and obviously smackdown did it that first week where triple h came on and messed with the whole program and (laughs) really screwed with michael cole for no reason um but overall raw and smackdown have tried to sort of almost appear as if normal while also still throwing to uh here's just an hour of another show that we're going to replay most of its promos matches only last five minutes nxt especially nxt is doing a lot of matches but they only go about three minutes Mm. Um, and it's all very safe, obviously, because you don't want people going to the hospital or to a medical facility at this point in time. So everything everything is being really careful. Everything is being really safe, but it's still mimicking the normal format of wrestling. And I think that's probably what needs to change here for people like sitting at home and being like, do you want to watch a wrestling show that you know is going to pretend as if it's still this grand uh, spectacle and event and have all the bits that you normally would expect where it's like playing to an audience who aren't there. Mm. That's what's really weird. And then I guess on top of that, compounding the issue is that we already know that WrestleMania isn't going to be WrestleMania. We already know that NXT TakeOver Tampa Bay isn't going to happen. The things that people are normally excited for in wrestling have changed beyond recognition now. So the hooks to make you watch the weekly TV just aren't there anymore. Like, I think it'd be interesting to see what the, the figures are for WrestleMania because obviously, like, how many people are going to actually watch that, um, knowing that it's not—it's really sort of like a bastardized version of what the show was going to be. Um, I think there's going to be loads of positives that could come out of that. Obviously, in the fact that they—they, they, they, I think the themed John Cena match, if that is going to be a cinematic style House of Horrors event, Firefly Funhouse weird whatever it is they've got they're doing and they've got yeah. you know Savini Studios probably working with them to to make that that could set the precedent for how they should do wrestling in this period of time 
like doing something more akin to I was saying this on the podcast of Pete yesterday is like doing something more akin to Lucha Underground season one yeah uh, and but then changing the matches to be more cinematic as well probably is going to give you more mileage in this time rather than just having to cancel the whole product completely. What do you think? Yeah. Well, yeah, I, it's interesting as well because when the the empty arena stuff first kicked off, you we saw a ratings increase mm-hmm. for pretty much all the shows with the exception of NXT because they were very outright saying there's going to be no new content on this week's show. It's just going to be old archive footage. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why we did do a podcast on it on that week. But, you know, SmackDown saw an increase, Raw saw an increase, AEW did see an increase. But I think that was just, it was people curious to mm-hmm. see what the product was going to be like in an empty arena. And then I'm going to assume decided, like you said, I do not like this. Yeah, uh, exactly. I cannot get on board with this, particularly with Raw and SmackDown. It, a lot of it feels, it's actually you know, been quite, it's been so much quicker for me to watch the show. Because I can skip the first hour usually, yeah, like yeah. you know, the one week it was the entire Men's Royal Rumble. Well, I only saw that a couple of months ago, so skip through all of that. This week they showed the uh, triple threat from Royal Rumble a couple of years ago between Cena, Rollins, and Lesnar. I was like, well, it's a great match, but I don't really need to watch that right mm-hmm. now. I just need to see what the new stuff is. Uh, and they showed Brock versus Ray from Survivor Series. So there's a lot of stuff you can skip. And I think if you are, bless you, Thank you. if you are. Um, <laughs> If you're showing up for appointment television and that appointment television is saying you can skip a lot of this, mm-hmm. then you're probably not going to tune in next week. And you can probably just digest all of Raw and SmackDown through YouTube clips. Exactly. You know, just watch yeah. like just watch, you know, a five minute highlight. Well, the five minute clips of the matches now are the matches, essentially <laughs> yeah. in the grand scheme of things. Like, you know, um, it's it's just a very odd situation because I guess, yeah, like that first week bump is you do have a, a more uh, captive audience who are going to be mm. interested to see what wrestling looks like in these forms. They might also think I've got more time to just get into wrestling because there's, you know, I've got nothing else to do. Um, and then they see the product and they go, well, that hasn't actually captured my interest. And it's not the fault of, you know, WWE and AEW. I think both of them have tried their hardest to present as something that was like the least change possible. But maybe the most change possible might be the the solution here, like doing something that is so uh, out of the box thinking wise in terms of presenting a wrestling show and not just going like it's still a wrestling show with, you know, like that first week in SmackDown where Sasha and uh, Bailey were basically still playing to a crowd that didn't exist. Yeah. You know, WWE still delivering promos as if like it's as if people are there to respond and fill in the blanks and, you know, that. Um, Champer and Gargano and Triple H had a face-off on last week's NXT that had so many completely silent moments because (laughs) someone was walking to the ring and that's normally where the crowd would start chanting or doing something. Um, So I guess taking, you know, don't do it live, record it beforehand, add cinematic effects to it. Maybe it's the time to start using music to heighten the tension. Like they're Mm. so good. They've got such good editors at WWE um, especially like for their promo packages and all of that stuff. Now is the time to lean on them really heavily and be like, <laughs> guys, make this a TV show and not a live wrestling show that happens to have been recorded. Yeah, no, completely. It was funny, actually. My favorite comment I saw about the, I think it was the first SmackDown uh, in the empty arena where they had the John Cena fiend uh, or Bray Wyatt segment. Mm-hmm. And everyone was like, man, without a crowd, this is like a Brechtian play. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
The AEW one, I think, is very interesting, though, because last week's figures were pretty good for the show, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly, and the week previous was very good as well. But being down 16.4% from this week, you know, the third lowest viewership the show has ever done, is quite... So last week's show was not as good as the week's previous. Yeah, It really wasn't. It was not a particularly great show. And it, hen- it ended with the Matt Hardy, Chris Jericho face-off, which I would say very much split opinion you know ollie and i didn't like it we mm-hmm. talked about it on the the podcast however people in the comments said that they thought that we were being too harsh and they actually really enjoyed it i've seen other people say that they didn't like it it's very much been split of opinion um and i you know dave writes in the observer the decline is likely based on what happened the previous week whether it's life circumstances the atmosphere last week or the silliness of the final segment whatever it is the people arguing the final segment was a positive don't have a good argument this week and so there is that potential that the, you know, Matt Hardy teleporting around the arena and then him and Chris Jericho doing comedy in the ring did make people go, yeah, nah, I'm not, I'm not going to tune in to watch this next week. Yeah, it's it's probably too big a jump. Like it would have been fine had everything else been normal. I guess that, that's the, it's, it's hard, isn't it? Because you don't know what the cause of people's sort of, uh, I guess also like wrestling feels a bit like a, uh, a frivolity in times like this as well and a bit silly to be watching. Um, and there's a lot of other <laughs> stuff that's on telly that's probably worth, you know, the news is quite worth watching, I think, at the moment. Um, but yeah, I guess like it does hinge now so much on one or two things putting people off because there are only really one or two small acts of progression for each individual wrestling show because nobody wants to commit to a story that might not have a payoff at all because we don't like we don't know when the payoff of us getting out of the house is like you know it's um i think it's it's just really hard to invest in wrestling right now as a viewer i think it's really difficult because there is no like I said, pay-per-views don't really feel like an end game anymore. It doesn't feel like feuds are going to go anywhere. We literally don't know um, when we can go back to normal. Uh, and we also know sort of intrinsically watching it that kind of everyone who is involved in the making it is at risk doing it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's like you, you, it's how many WWE performers have had to pull out of Mania because of nice. having done the show, generally speaking, and either being put like being put at risk just by being around people, because it's like, and, 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 and this is not me saying that WWE put people at risk. This is me saying that like just being around people now puts you at risk. Like with, with it's an invisible thing that we're dealing with. Uh, yeah. So it's very hard to track where you got it from, who's getting it, what's happening. But obviously. That's why we're all social distancing and why we're all isolating because it's it's about not seeing people. Um, so yeah. I guess it's it's difficult in that sense to be like life has to go on in some ways and maybe there's an argument to be made that maybe wrestling isn't one of those things that is key. Well, yeah, it, it's interesting as well, particularly from the AEW side of things in that you know, in week one of this empty arena era, they just acted like it was, you know, nothing was going mm-hmm. on. They had Matt Hardy debut. They had Brody Lee revealed as the exalted one. They carried on as normal and were building to double or nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, they were building to blood and guts. And then they made the call to not do blood and guts. They yep. made the call to not do the cage match. And I wonder whether that has affected, you know, because those people who might have tuned in, having not seen the social media announcement that they're not doing the show, tuned into that next week to see the blood and guts mm-hmm. cage match. 
not got it and then realized while watching that show, oh, maybe we're not building to anything anymore. I actually don't need to watch next week. Exactly, I, yeah. I, I, I just need to wait until, you know, the news comes out that something big has happened and then I can tune back in. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's a very, very bizarre time. And it kind of ties into uh, the other half of the story, you know, the other half of the news we want to talk about on this show, which is what could happen to the companies after mm-hmm. all of this is over. Um, Dave Melt had a great write-up about it that's in The Observer, because obviously The Observer comes out on the Thursday, which usually forms what the Friday show is about. Um, and he had a very interesting write-up in this, kind of like detailing you know, all the major companies. So I, I highly recommend people go and check that out. But he talks about in WWE. He says, in the case of WWE, which will survive under any circumstances, um, uh, at least for the next television deal, one wonders how it will affect the house show business. If the 7,000 people going to Raw becomes 4,500 and the 9,000 going to SmackDown TVs becomes 6,000, it won't change the perception because those differences aren't noticeable on television. If the product is good, you'll still generate excitement. Ratings will be what they will be, and normalization, as noted, is likely tied into economic normalization. Money will be down, but that doesn't matter since TV money more than offsets it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so yeah, I guess you're saying there that, like, yeah, like we've, like we've sort of realized over the course of this year, the WWE only really cares about the whichever TV program they're making that makes the most money. And that's why everyone went to SmackDown when SmackDown moved to Fox because that was the thing making money. And it's why pay-per-views they barely give a crap about now because mm-hmm. whatever, they don't make, they don't actually make as much money. The only ones they care about are the big four. Um, so yeah, I guess the, the, the TV show will go back to some semblance of what it looked like before because that's also what I think that's what WWE likes about it like Vince clearly likes that feeling that it's a big stadium full of people cheering mm-hmm. for the stars he's he's stuck in that mindset of like this is what the product has always been because WWE as a product has barely evolved in its entire existence right <laughs> the 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 function of it as a thing has always been the same so it, it's interesting to to see if any of the stuff that they've done with WrestleMania for this weekend will change their mind about certain segments being able to be different. But obviously, if you go back to a live crowd, stuff like Bray's uh, Firefly Funhouse match, you have to play that to a live crowd in an arena when you're doing your pay-per-view. And they might go, oh, that's naff. However, you could instead do, say, I don't know, say you're recording your episode of SmackDown and it's... uh, two hours long the first hour for the crowd in the arena they get a hour of stuff that goes out live and the the second hour is this firefly funhouse match that you play to the people at home but the people in the arena just carry on watching wrestling in the arena but that's not shown on tv Hmm. like there's stuff there's there's a lot of options to do things like that and then people can go home and be like well now you're going to get to see the firefly funhouse match um i don't know is it i think wwe is is kind of less interesting to in that sense because they are probably just going to immediately revert to the status quo. Yeah, um, and Dave talks about sort of TV deals, um, you know, fast forward into 2023, um, because that's when, you know, their TV deals will be up. But he writes that WWE will likely remain valuable to television um, because they are always dependable. Like he says here, as far as USA Network goes or any other cable network, even the declining raw is a lock to be considered super valuable in three years just because of the difficulty in making new hit shows. Even declining, WWE value increased greatly during the last negotiations. Now, me and Ollie were talking about this on the WrestleMania 26 uh, Patreon podcast that we did uh, that last week, where 
uh, WWE did a rating that was just under 4 million, and that was considered a disaster 10 years ago. Mm. And here we are now. If they did over 4 million viewers now, that would be like, that, that's double their viewership. Exactly. So, so it, it's become this very weird thing. Even though they've lost half of their audience, they are still incredibly valuable yeah. to, to cable networks because you are going to get, at the very least, you know, currently, 2 million people tuning in, which you might not get for a new show. And also they're a machine. I think the, the, there's also the, the, the other benefit of WWE, I think, that um, this probably goes unappreciated in terms of TV production, is that WWE just handles the whole thing itself. It's like it hires the wrestlers. It does, you know, like I get that obviously other TV companies, you know, you, you get a production house who hire in all the camera guys and hire in all the other things and hire in all the editors, but there's like multiple branches all working together. WWE is just one machine and you go make wrestling show for three hours and they go, here is wrestling show for three hours. Like, and it all ties into other things that are happening elsewhere that, that uh, build people's excitement for the program that you don't even have to worry about. Like Fox, SmackDown on Fox, like WWE promotes all those superstars itself in pay-per-view form, in shows on its own network and stuff. So every person on there has a brand identity that you're buying as well as buying the product. I don't know. Yeah. I, did, I think it's interesting because it's just like other TV shows is much more about like, what's the script like? What, you know, like who's going to be yeah. doing this thing? Who's directing it? And here it's just like you just buy WWE as a wholesale good. That's it. Mm. Yeah, completely. Uh, on the subject of AEW, Dave says, uh, if people don't go back quickly and it's normal Wednesday crowds of 3,500 becomes 2,500, that could lead to them downsizing buildings. Mm-hmm. I think the current situation hurts them because their fan base isn't as large, nor are their historical roots as deep, you know, sort of compared to WWE. However, you know, they are on TNT until the end of 2023. Mm-hmm. One, of the, one of the AEW's great benefits currently is that within less than a year, they were already profitable because mm-hmm. they had a great deal with TNT uh, that I think was sort of like you know, an ad split, perhaps. But because TNT were so happy with the ratings, they signed them on for another number of years. So they were already making money. You know, they already became a profitable business in the space of a few months, mm-hmm. which, is really, you know, which is really, really good for them. Um, and Dave writes that TNT will, you know, they said, um, if they are still a proven product and maintain 400,000 or more in that 18 to 49 demographic, there is a situation, you know, that they're going to be fine, that they will mm-hmm. survive all of this. And if TNT don't take them on after 2023, another com- another TV network will be like, well, hey, if you're going to bring in half a million viewers every week, we'll take you on. Exactly. Because again, like you said, with WWE, they're like they're they're just pre- they're just giving you a full product. Yeah, and I think the, the other you know the other benefit that AEW has is that they have a very loyal fan base uh, because they have that splinter faction of wrestling fans who begged for this show to exist essentially um so i think they're always going to bounce back in terms of especially tv viewership and maybe there's maybe there's a period of time where in the recovery process of everything going back to normal AEW looks a bit more like nxt than it does mm-hmm. like trying to look like a a raw or a smackdown and maybe that's Lately. kind of where we end up um for a little bit at least until they go like we're now moving back into bigger arenas because the live show crowd has bounced back because there's definitely going to be a period of time especially when we all start going outside again where it's going to be limited to how many people are allowed to be in huge spaces together i think um so it probably will be these shows start again in smaller venues with smaller crowds um and then they slowly expand outward and outward i think AEW will bounce back though to the exact same numbers that it has 
been doing before and people would be i think people will be more uh inclined to go because the weird thing is as well that you've got to consider is everyone's staying inside nobody's spending any money on travel no one's gone on any of the holidays they were going on so yep. like whenever that point is that it's suddenly like it's safe to go out again people are going to have more disposable income uh like a certain sector of people obviously there are plenty of people who have been very adversely affected by being stuck inside but there is going to be a larger sector of society that has uh access to more income to spend on random things like that because you haven't traveled anywhere you haven't like some of your expensive have has have actually gone down as long as you are able to work in some sort of setup like say we are here like um so i think there will be more desire for people to go and do events to make up for all the things that they've missed out on for the last two months or whatever it is that everyone's been stuck inside I mean, yeah, one of the true benefits of us not having to go into the office is that I am saving myself 250 quid a month, mm. <laughs> not paying for my travel card. Exactly, and that is a few tickets to go see AEW if you lived in America, maybe. Like, exactly, you know. yeah. I'd have been able to afford those Alanis Morissette tickets if I didn't have to get my <laughs> AEW I'm going to go see Fleetwood Mac, finally. <laughs> Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at MintMobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at MintMobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. 
At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Right, so we are joined now on the Rust Talk podcast by uh, the man beast himself, Rhino, uh, one of uh, my all time favorites, in fact, as uh, someone who grew up during the, uh, the late 90s into the early 2000s, as well as my teenage years. I was always a big fan of your work. So uh, it's an absolute honor to speak to you, Rhino. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you for uh, supporting and uh, thank you for watching my career. Hopefully, uh, I've impressed you through the whole thing, not just the uh, late 90s, early 2000s. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you're never disappointed, which we're actually going to get to uh, in a little bit. But uh, first, I want to talk about the old school TNA show that you guys have got coming up. Um, Impact yeah. Wrestling are bringing back the TNA name. Um, and you've got a big match with Madman Fulton. Uh So what can we expect from the, the this old school TNA show? Well, uh, you know, you can expect a lot. You can expect to be entertained. And, uh, you know, it's always good to do specials like this because, you know, as the brand grows... You never want to forget where you've come from, you know, good or bad, you know, and you always want to highlight the good. And uh, that's what I think we captured on this episode. You know, we highlighted, uh, you know, the past TNA and I uh, had a lot of uh, old uh, TNA. Um, well, I should say we had a lot of uh, um, TNA impact stars, you know, from the past come in. Uh, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely, it seemed like everything clicked and definitely that'll, uh, you'll enjoy. Yeah, it's got like a really stacked card as well. You've got Kid Cash and Johnny Swinger versus Suicide and uh, Manic. You've got uh, Hernandez versus Chase Stevens, which is a really interesting matchup given you know the, the sort of tag history that those guys have had. Um, and right. you continue your feud with with Fulton. Um, how have you found working with with Madman Fulton? Painful. <laughs> <laughs> Painful. Jeez. Uh, yeah, he's a heavy hitter, you know, and uh, and. You know, there. You know, being around the wrestling business, someone lays it in, you you give it back twice as hard, and you know, and he likes it, you know, and uh, um, so it definitely reminds me of times when I spent in ECW and uh, other places, you know, where guys uh, they really enjoy that, and you know, and definitely, uh, you know, guys like we're talking about uh, TNA, uh, Abyss. Abyss was one of the guys that liked that, so. Uh, you know, it reminds me of when I uh, wrestled with Abyss for uh, uh, Impact. We had a lot of great matches and a lot of uh, hard-hitting hit, matches. So uh, that reminds me of the matches I have with uh, Man Man Fulton. Reminds me of wrestling Abyss. So. Yeah, you guys had some absolute wars uh, during that uh, yeah. during those old TNA days. Um, right. And yeah, and you've obviously you know come back to Impact Wrestling and you know had some matches and sort of interactions with uh, Michael Elgin, who I'd also imagine is someone who likes to hit very hard. Yeah, Michael Elgin will hit you very hard, then he'll pick you up no, no matter how much you weigh, and then just <laughs> drive you to the mat <laughs> twice as hard as he just hit you. So I've uh, I've wrestled Michael Elgin quite a few times, 
And, uh, you know, when I came back, you know, the first person I mixed it up with was Michael Elgin. Mm. And uh, here's a guy that's been all around the world, you know, had success here in uh, the U.S., Canada, Japan. And, you know, he landed in Impact Wrestling. So uh, and it was a great uh, it was a great addition to the Impact team. You know, when you got a guy out there, whether you like him or not, you know, he definitely goes out there and he performs. Uh, and your match really does sort of signify like, you know, current day uh, impact wrestling or, you know, sort of you know, modern talent in, in Madman Fulton and yourself. Like, obviously, you are, you know, part of the impact roster currently, but you also represent that old TNA as well. So how important yeah. it is for you to kind of like get in there with these younger guys and sort of like, you know, show them the ropes and show them how hard you can hit? Well, you know, it's just it's one of those things where they're not only getting in the ring with, you know, um, you know, someone that the fans really like and adore. Uh, they're also getting in the ring with someone that has 25 years of experience under their belt um, and all 25 years of experience, you know, from around the world, so many different countries, you know, that's what they're getting in there with. And when they're getting in the ring, not only um, with years of experience and, and the, the fans are behind me, they feel the energy of the fans, you know, so whether the fans like them too or whether they hate them, you know, they, they can feed off of the energy, you know, I'm receiving for the fans. And I'm very blessed when, you know, just to be in the wrestling world for this long, but to be able to pass that on to the guys and girls I get in the ring with. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, there's a lot going on in the world right now. Um, you know, a lot of shows have had to unfortunately cancel and, you know, or be moved or postponed. Um, sort of, has that kind of played, you know, a lot of havoc with your personal bookings? Uh, yeah, you know, it's just, I, I enjoy going out there and I enjoy performing and I enjoy getting in that wrestling ring. I enjoy working up a sweat, you know, sometimes getting, in the face really hard or not smart <laughs> in a way i enjoy that you know um because you feel alive and uh mm. the world's definitely going through a um a very uh um different time and you know and it's very unfortunate you know the outcome for some you know but we all have to stick together band together share information work together and 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 get over this and and learn from it so you know that this tragedy like this doesn't happen again and yeah. uh, the key is, is working together and the best thing about wrestling is when people work together you know um whether it's behind the scenes um whether it's out in the ring um whether it's giving ideas being creative you know even if you dislike each other you come together for that whole common good and 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 then you make magic and that's what we need to do as a world you know um, we need to come together and beat this thing and then, you know, move on. So, you know, we're looking at a nostalgic TNA show, you know, a sort of TNA celebration show coming up. Um, you've had some absolutely incredible moments uh, in TNA. So, like, you know, when I said that I was a fan sort of in that late 90s, you know, that's when I first came into wrestling. I was a TNA fan. I was a TNA diehard right. in sort of like 2006, man. Like I was I was all in for it. And, you know, it's when you sort of came in for that as well. But what yeah. were your what are your favorite moments from TNA that you weren't involved in, that, but you were there for? Oh, I mean, there's been a lot of uh, great moments. And, and the great thing about it is, is you can go in and look up the archives and all that stuff and they'll, they'll post matches and, 
you know, and you forget some of the, the, the special things you're a part of, you know, like a lot of people bring up the monsters ball. A lot of people bring up me winning the title for the first time. Um, you know, a lot of people bring up, uh, um, like the lethal lockdown and all that stuff. And, and, uh, um, is it called lethal lockdown? I'm drawing a blank. You know, it is. Yeah. 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 There's so many <laughs> names. I was just like, <laughs> wait a second. Did I, did I just promote someone else's pay-per-view? <laughs> it happens. You know, we're not perfect, but yeah, it's just, uh, you know, it, it, being in the ring with like guys like Kevin Nash and Scott Steiner and, you know, and all these other guys, you know, um, I mean, Samoa Joe and AJ Styles, they've had really, really uh, great matches. And, you know, TNA was a place where they honed their skills. And it's great because, you know, uh, guys in, uh, you know, kids that are big fans of uh, those guys now, they can go back to TNA archives and, and look all that stuff up. So, you know, it's one of those things where, um, you know, I've had a lot of great matches with those guys, Christian, um, Abyss. I mean, you know, there's there's a lot of guys that I've had really good matches with in uh, TNA, and 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 it's just I I'm trying to think of one. You know, I like the main event Mafia. That was a really cool uh, deal. Um, you know, so there, I really can't put uh, something a finger on what I like that I wasn't part of because there was so much to like. You know, so so many I- different angles too. Absolutely. It's funny you said like there's a lot of those moments that you don't really remember. And the one that I'd actually sort of forgotten about until I was doing some research in preparation for this was the angle you did on TV where you burned your ECW championship. Yeah. I didn't really uh, burn any title. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. I was gonna that say, was I, I, yeah. Right. That was asked a lot. Um, just the reason why we decided it wasn't good to burn any title is just because men and women work so hard for those titles. Mm. And, you know, you give that illusion, you know, and that's all we needed to give in that moment. You know, there's other times where we do stuff where it's like, Oh no, they're hoodwinking us and we're not, you know, we're really doing certain things. But in that moment, it's kind of like burning something that represents some men and women's hard work. Even if they never won that title, it's the sacrifices they make. So that's why it's kind of like, you know, let's not burn that, you know, but we'll give the illusion just to further the angle. So when I walked off the, when I walked off the screen, we had someone reach in and grab it and pull it out. And then, uh, um, and then I, when I went back, I lit it. So um, there was just sticks and stuff. We, we made a decision. um, It wouldn't be the right thing, you know, because it's kind of like, spitting on a lot of people's hard work and sacrifices they make not only in the ring, but outside the ring when they're away from their family. So, but yeah, that, 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 uh, yeah, I, I, I haven't been asked about that in quite some time, but yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, speaking of titles, you, you won the NWA world's championship from Jared at the very first bound for glory. It's a, a right. preview. I, I remember very, very clearly. Um, what, how much did that mean to you to win such a prestigious title on you know, on what it was a very very big show for TNA? Yeah, it was uh, it was great. The you know just the expression on my face and and Jeff Jarrett hit me with his guitar and literally it opened me up. I needed fifteen stitches Oof. and I'm just I mean covered in blood. And uh, there was a great picture uh, where Tito, who was a special guest referee, was raising my hand. And then, uh, you know, and I'm holding the belt and, uh, um, Garrett is just in the background, like his facial 
expression says it all, you know, in mine. And it's just, it was, a, it was a really, really good picture. And, uh, you know, what, what a night, you know, I had three matches. It was just a very, you know, the monsters ball and the gauntlet and then the match with Jeff and, you know, and just, a it was, it was the turning point in my career because that night I turned babyface and I've been babyface ever since. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so maybe now, I'll be turning heel soon. <laughs> well, the ECW heel rhino. <laughs> I think it's very hard to boo you at this point. Um, right, but, uh, right. Like you said, at this point, key. <laughs> this point. So, you know, you were, you're back in Impact Wrestling. Uh, you've been mixing up, as you said, with Elgin and, and Fulton. Is there anyone else you've kind of got on a hit list of some of the younger guys that you'd really like to work with? Or, you know, and girls can you get with Tessa as the, the champion? Yeah, well, Moose, I love working with Moose, you know. I mean, I call it working, wrestling, same thing. Um, Moose is one of those guys where, you know, you you just get in the ring with, and even if you don't want to create magic, you just do, you know, because he's, you know, with his football career, he's so athletic. Like, I mean, there's certain things I'll see him doing, you know, not only in my match, but in other matches, and I'm just like, wow, this guy is so athletic, you know. And, um, you know, sometimes when we're out there, you know, we're going at each other. But, you know, in the back, he's got a good personality, too. And, you know, and you enjoy having conversations with him when you do. Not all the time you get to talk to everybody because everybody's busy doing their own thing, you know. And and uh, um, I wouldn't mind having more matches with Moose. Um, mm. Blanche. Uh, Tessa, I, uh, I was a big fan of her dad, still am. And, uh, if I ever got in the ring with her, if there's one move I'm going to hit, you know, she's beating <laughs> the living crap out of me for five, 10, 20 minutes. If there's one move I'm going to hit on her, it's a slingshot suplex. I actually told her that one time I go, oh, yeah? if we ever get in the ring together, I'm hitting you with a slingshot suplex. And you're not kicking out. <laughs> That's definitely one person I would really like to get in the ring and wrestle, you know. And uh, just because I, I watched her wrestle Sammy Callahan, I've watched her just wrestle. And it's just, you know, I remember meeting her for the first time. And uh, we were on a little independent show in West Virginia. And, uh, you know, I say hi to everybody. And she introduced herself. And I asked her if that was, uh, you know, any relations. And, yeah, that's my dad, and, and uh, Magnum is her stepdad. And, I, you know, Magnum is a great guy, and just, uh, you know, I've met him several times and just a fan of both of their work. And, and I, I told uh, Tessa several years later, I go, if you're not a star, you know, it's because you're doing it's It's in your genes, and it's, you know, you were raised, you know, mm. by Magnum and, you know, your dad. You're raised by two of wrestling's greatest. So if you're not a star, it's because you you are doing everything against becoming a star, you know. Yeah. So yeah, so definitely she's a star, and you know it's great to have her part of the team and world champion. You have been everywhere. You've pretty much done everything. Um, is there anything that you have? Like, do you have like a bucket list of things that you want to do before you hang up the tights? Um, my only bucket list now is just getting seven more years out of it. I want to make 32 years because there's a NASCAR driver, Richard Petty, and I was watching 
a, uh, uh, a show. Uh, I think it was on him or something, or might have been NASCAR. I was flipping through the channels, and they were interviewing him. And, you know, he said how he ran NASCAR for 32 years. And I'm like, you know, everybody's like 25, 30, 45, whatever. And, uh, you know, I just figured, you know, 32 years would be good. Yeah. It's not 30, it's not 35, it's not 25, it's not 40, you know. And uh, uh, that'll give me seven more years. And if I'm blessed to do that full-time for 32 years and just hang it up and then, you know, because there's other things I like doing, Marina. And I'd like to be a producer and stuff like that behind the scenes. So, um, you know, in seven years, I think I can get in the, the ring and mix it up with a lot of guys and pass on my knowledge and pass on the, you know, being in the ring with, you know, someone that's been in the business for so long. Uh, and if you don't mind, um, just before we get out of here, I wanted to just touch upon your final run in WWE and your team with Heath Slater. Like, it felt like you guys yeah. had a lot of fun working together. Oh, we had a lot of fun. And and that's one of the things, I, I mean, I could never complain. And I, I never really complained anything. You know, they've always treated me great. And uh, that was one of the reasons why uh, Hunter wanted me back in WWE is so some of these younger guys, because I started in NXT, you know, can get in the ring. And when I went in there with NXT, um, you know, the, the fans just, you know, they went crazy for me. And it was like, you know, and he, he knew it would work, you know. And uh, and then they paired me up with Slater when they did the brand split. And then uh, and that was a lot of fun. And, you know, and the great thing about it is, is, you know, I owe a lot to the fans because they appreciate my, you know, the, the, the stuff we go through and they appreciate being on the road and they appreciate, you know, they show up to see you and all that stuff and signings and, you know, and, and you know, we would go out there on a lot of live events and sometimes they didn't do stuff with us on TV, which was fine. I'm, I'm that guy that I like to be on, on shows, you know, mm. if I'm sitting at home, I'm, I'm miserable. You know, and I think in seven years, even if I'm still willing to able to, you know, get in the ring and perform, I'll have other things to take my mind off of being in the ring and performing, you know, so that's why it's like, you know, because I don't want to overstay my welcome. So I think that's why, you know, like when I was in the ring, even like second, third match on these live events, I would come back and Bray Wyatt would always mention something about my match. You know, it's like, oh, I loved it when you did that. And and they would see how the fans, and I don't quite get it myself, why they really like me that much, <laughs> but how they would react and they would just wait for me to get tagged in and they would just go crazy. And, you know, and, and uh, even in the reports, you know, it's like Rhino's got gotten an overwhelming, you know, um, you know, uh, reaction, especially the place in the card, you know, up on the second part of the show and sometimes we'd work you know um like the the match before main event but it's just one of those things where the other guys if they weren't in the ring they would see the reaction from the fans and and a lot of times it's just the respect and they really like me and it's an easy name to chant too so <laughs> it's a combination and it's a gen, uh, generational thing where kids you know like if you have any kids you watched me when i first started coming up you can bring your son and you share that moment together so, you know, so that's another reason. And, and it was, it was a lot of fun working with Slater. It was a lot of fun being back there and interacting with the new generation of, you know, guys and girls and seeing how the business has changed a lot, you know, some for the, mostly for the better, but some, you know, people like that attitude air, you know, and if you can, 
take it and mix it in a little bit, I think it would be really good. So. Well, one last thing before I let you get on with your, your day. Uh, we recently posted up a video of like our 10 funniest moments from the Attitude Era. And uh, I'm pleased right. to tell you that you made the list um, oh, with awesome. uh, your moment with Chris Jericho uh, and the um, uh, and your SummerSlam feud with when you were paired with Stephanie and the I'm going to get oh, you yeah. too, Rhino line. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, you smelly animal, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and you too, Rhino. <laughs> <laughs> That was a, you know, wrestling with Jericho was, uh, was very uh, interesting, funny and, and fun. And I, I definitely learned a lot, you know, and I consider him a friend and, you know, and, uh, impact had me do his podcast or they asked me if I was interested in doing the podcast. I'm like, hell yeah. So, but anyways, yeah, thank you. I, I appreciate it. I, I made the, the uh, <laughs> made the list. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Rhino. I really, really appreciate it. And thank you for everything that you've done uh, for this wrestling business and the entertainment you've given us, uh, you know, for the, the 25 years you've said. And uh, I'm looking forward to the next seven. Yes, me too. <laughs> thank you so much, my thank friend. You. I'll thank you. All right, well, let's dive into your mailbag questions. If you want to submit a question to the mailbag, all you've got to do is become one of our awesome pledge hammers on Patreon at any dollar amount and leave a comment in the community tab labeled mailbag. Do not email me. I will just lose them. And I just want to say very much a thank you to everyone who has continued being a Patreon backer, one of our pledge hammers during this time. You know, it's, as you said, some people are saving money. Some people don't have those means, but there are some people who have messaged us saying that, you know, unfortunately I can't back anymore because, you know, Steve Carino, and I fully, you know, mm -hmm. fully appreciate that. And I really, really wanted to thank everyone who has stuck with us uh, and is, you know, still watching the show and still backing us a patron, still listening to our Doofy Little Podcast. So thank you very much, everyone. Yeah, thanks, guys. Uh, our first question comes in from Josh, who says, Hi, boys. Thanks for trying to keep going during these times. It's much appreciated. I didn't have a wrestling question today, but I haven't reached out for a while uh, with anything for a while. So I thought I'd ask you for advice. You may, you may remember a couple of months ago, I tried doing my own YouTube channel. As it turns out, my computer is not strong enough to be able to handle video editing, so I want to give podcasting a go. However, given the current state of the world, affording podcast hosting just isn't on the cards for obvious reasons. Uh, I've done some research and found a platform called Anchor, which allows you to host a show for free through them. However, I've read that some people think the platform is bad because you don't own the content. As experienced podcast host yourself, have you ever heard of this platform? Would it be okay to use, or is there another recommendation you can make? Hmm, just having a look now. So uh, Anchor is uh, Spotify's um, uh, podcast hosting, which uh, oh, I is do it? yeah, I do believe is a really good service. Um, from what I've been told and what I've heard, it is an excellent, yeah, a really, really good platform. But obviously, you know, it gives you that straight ties into Spotify as well. Yeah. Um, uh, another alternative is SoundCloud. Um, mm -hmm. which you I was going to say SoundCloud. Yeah, you can do for free for like a certain number of hours, I think. And then after, and then you've got to pay for the pro version of it. But if you want to just sort of get yourself started, then SoundCloud's mm -hmm. a really good free option. And you could just plug that RSS feed into, um, you know, the uh, the Apple podcast feed to get it submitted. Yeah, so you, it's one of those things where you might be better off going for something like uh, Anchor or something that's tied into a bigger podcast provider because then mean. you might get pushed. Yeah. which is kind of, I guess, is getting the eyes on the thing or the ears on the thing initially that is the most uh, difficult part of any sort of creative endeavor like that. Absolutely. Uh, Sawyer, hey guys, I'm a big fan of Chris Statlander. Do not only think, 
not only do I think she's got a great look, I think she's awesome in the ring. Uh, I find the alien gimmick just the right amount of goofy and charming. Now, I understand if the tone of the alien gimmick isn't everyone's cup of tea, but there's an argument I've been hearing lately that bugs me. I keep hearing the, criti the criticism that the alien gimmick is, quote, too unbelievable, uh, that it doesn't work because it's too outlandish and absurd. Well, I've heard these same things uh, used in praise for Luchasaurus and um, expressed childish glee at the idea of a dinosaur who wrestles. Why are folks willing to play along with the fantasy that Luchasaurus is a real dinosaur, but the idea of an alien from the Andromeda galaxy is asking too much? Does Crystal and the need to wear a grey rubber alien mask with antennae? Uh, if you can get along with Luchasaurus being a 65 million year old dinosaur, then I think it shouldn't be a bomb to go along with Crystal and being an alien from outer space. What are your thoughts? I think people just like dinosaurs more. I think, I, it, yeah. I think dinosaurs are just better. It's literally that simple. They're the Crystal Palace Park dinosaurs, so they're all wrong as well, which is great. They're just what Victorians thought dinosaurs looked like. Um, yeah, no, I, ju I just think it's... Uh, yeah, um, I think it's probably more just that it's like people just think dinosaurs are cool and luchasaurus is a really cool gimmick yeah and i think sometimes things just sometimes things just suit people and uh it doesn't seem that goofy when he because it's not uh like it's obviously like said that he's a 65 million year old dinosaur and on twitter he plays up but i don't think it's really hugely played up on like his in-ring stuff it's not like he's walking around it's not like his vision's based on movement or what you know it's it, it's not like a major deal in the in the production of the show it's just yeah. happens that when he comes out he's billed as a dinosaur which is fine yeah i think it's it's funny so the i'm one of those people that don't really get on with the statlander gimmick it just doesn't mm -hmm. work for me and i can't really put a finger on why it doesn't work for me whereas luchasaurus does in the same way that the Broken Hardy gimmick doesn't really work for me, but it does work yeah. for others. I think it really just comes down to the fact that, like, it's it just depends on who you speak to. You might find someone who loves the Chris Statlander gimmick but hates the Luchasaurus gimmick, or that loves the Broken Matt Hardy gimmick but hates the Chris Statlander gimmick. Like, I think it's just, I think sometimes it's, it's positional, though, isn't it? Because it's like I think with Broken Matt, like Broken Matt has basically walked in the door and is now facing off against the first ever AEW champion. So, like that puts his kind of silly gimmick in a main event spot. Mm. Uh, Chris Statlander equally is like very top of the women's division. Uh, sort of she, she, anyway. yeah, she, yeah, but she, she's in that, she's been building that echelon. And so mm. she's being like, she's an alien from the Andromeda galaxy who is also probably going to end up being like in the championship picture. Luchasaurus has just been doing tag matches mostly. So yeah. I think it, it you I'm I'm more forgiving of mid card silliness than I am of like top tier. I quite like the top tiers to be fairly sensible. Or at least uh not too goofy. Yeah. So like I'll I'll forgive the fiend being in the main event picture for WWE because I don't think that's a goofy gimmick. I think it's oh. it's there's a lot of thought gone into it and it's being really well played out. Um, but yeah, I just think if it's just a bit silly, sometimes I'm just like, oh, I don't, but I just want to see like the, the, the really sporty guys do the sporty stuff at the top. <laughs> uh, Nate Drop Surname says, hello, all the lovely, brave WrestleTalk boys. Hope you're having sane and safe times. Uh, also hope you remember to leave enough food and water in Andy's cage while you're out of the office. Um, <laughs> Taking on to a previous mailbag about Roman Reigns. The last update on Roman is now pulling out of Mania to protect his health, which is you know, very much been his... Roman Reigns himself has said, this is why I'm doing it. 
Um, I think that is 100% the right move on his part to protect himself. However, it most certainly means that we have another Mania uh, coronation to look forward to next year. My question is about his replacement. It seems clear to me that we now have Goldberg as champion for the foreseeable future, as I don't think a last-minute replacement will take the belt. Um, I don't think we, we. I think we have talked about who it is on the prediction show, but I think if people are trying to avoid spoilers for WrestleMania, then mm-hmm. we won't go into who that is. Um, my question is uh, more about his replacement. Uh, sorry, blah, 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 blah. Um, unless they book the winner of Cena versus Fiend as the replacement, it's the next biggest storyline that you could do for Mania with no movie shortening a uh, short Cena title run for the summer, and the record makes sense. Hopefully, they have the Fiend win both, but not counting on that to happen. What are your thoughts? Who else could they book? So I think what you're saying um, is like, could you have done Cena versus Fiend as like the number one contendership, like the winner of that match then goes on to face uh, Goldberg? Oh yeah, like a sort of uh, we've completely ripped off Wrestle Kingdom kind of vibe. <laughs> first night, first night decides the main event for the second night. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, that could have been quite a good way of getting around it, I guess. I I don't think it matters who is the champion, any of the champions. Uh, coming out of this show now it, it literally doesn't matter like if Goldberg is going to be an absentee champion anyone could be an absentee champion so like it, it what difference does it make at least sort of um keep it like keeping it on Goldberg in this scenario if he's going to take on some person who isn't Roman Reigns and that was never the plan you know the plan was only only, only Roman Reigns was going to be the one to topple Goldberg uh Goldberg's a good name to have have the belt because then there's excitement for when you come back like I think you know, there's still going to be that that bunch of people who want to see Goldberg do stuff and maul people and go, cool, we're going to get a big Goldberg match on a return pay per view and come back, and then he can drop the belt. It'll be interesting to see because he's on SmackDown tonight, and you know he's advertised for SmackDown tonight. Whether that mm-hmm. bumps the rating back up, you know, that they didn't yeah. get last week when people weren't watching. Um, Bryn Bogfire has got a similar question actually. With uh, do you think Vince will be satisfied with Roman Reigns' WrestleMania coronation moment being uh, empty, empty arena, which obviously we know we're not getting now? Um, so can we expect Roman Reigns versus the Unbeatable Force again next year? Uh, I think, I guess so. I think they just need to put it on Reigns at whatever the next pay per view we get is, mm-hmm. and just get on with like get on with it like this. It's <laughs> The the big problem now is that we like we keep waiting a year to to coronate him and plans continually change because the ebbs and flows of wrestling is is different all the time. So like we, you know he's had to go away to have uh, chemotherapy or have treatment at least. He's had to we've now had to self isolate. Like we're we're gonna go through this period of time where it's just like. Time is never going to be on your side to put the belt on Roman Reigns. So just do it already. Like, we know you're going to do it. You desperately want to do it. I think people are happy enough with Roman Reigns if you just did it. Just pull the trigger, get it started, do whatever your big plan was. Because the moment that you're building to is never going to be the moment you're going to get because something is always going to conspire to ruin it. Uh, Chris Thorne uh, asks, I hope everyone at Talk is doing well. I'm glad you're staying safe. Thank you for keeping up with the content. I know how time-consuming it can be. Uh, yeah, so for the record now, it will be me and Laurie doing these podcasts moving mm-hmm. forward because Ollie, doing six days a week, has got no time on his hands. Um, oh, yeah. Pulling back the curtain ever so slightly, our morning meeting um, was originally penciled in to be at 10 a.m. every morning. Like when we mm-hmm. first started doing self-isolation, it was 10 a.m. every morning. Today we got a message from him. Oh, actually, last week it was pushed back to half past ten, and then we mm-hmm. got a message from him this morning saying, "Can we now do it at 11? <laughs> every, oh yeah, every day. Um, he was like, "I'm struggling to eat." 
<laughs> just eat on the call. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it's not really bothering bomb, us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's bloody bananas. Uh, anyway, um, on to Chris's question. Ask her in jobbing out to blonde women in WrestleMania week. Uh, name a more iconic duo. If you could see a wrestler wrestle a different version of themselves, who would you pick? For example, Mankind versus Mick Foley versus Doodler versus Cactus Jack. It can't be Bret Hart versus Bret Hart. Hmm... Uh, who would I like to see wrestle a different version of the South? Finn versus the Demon. Ooh, that's a Finn. One. Yeah, so the two, so face Finn, heel Finn, Demon Finn. Yeah, face Finn obviously just gets obliterated because <laughs> he is the pin machine. Yeah, um, the Fiend versus the original Bray Wyatt. There'd be some really good stuff in that as well. Because yeah. I, so did you see? Um, have you seen all the stuff going around on Twitter about? Bray Wyatt and stuff because uh, so because I, I spoke to Kyle uh, Scarborough who helped design the mm-hmm. Mask of the Fiend for Explained on Pass for Nine. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. Um, and uh, just following him on Twitter, he posted the thing the other day of like a really close up, definitely attempting to obscure shot of a new mask Ooh. that has like tusks. So I'm Ooh. wondering if there is some hyper version of the fiend that's going to be involved in the Firefly Funhouse match. Who'd have thought that Kevin Smith's oh. tusk would actually have an effect on the wrestling <laughs> world? <laughs> mm. uh, C. Fisher asks, "Hello, Russell Talk. Uh, I know the deal is nothing new, but how do you think that Mark, uh, that Mark Dallas totally sold out by making a deal with WWE? If you watch his promo before, as uh, so he was ICW." Uh, mm-hmm. It said there's promo before Fear and Loathing 7. He speaks about uh, how WWE Network UK launched has moved on to the same date as ICW On Demand. He also called Vince McMahon a bullying B-word uh, and said he would uh, try and step to him. He will punch him in the effing face and makes a pay-per-view for the same day as WrestleMania. I was re-watching this show and forgot how good it was. Sorry for the swear words. They are quotes from an angry Scotsman. Um, so I would say on that one that Mark Dallas most likely, I would actually say it's probably 98%, did not do a deal with Vince McMahon. He did a deal with Triple H. Yeah, and and also, uh, if you are a savvy business person, I would, and you want your wrestling company to continue to exist in fairly unbastardized form, you probably would have made a deal with WWE because you knew who on your roster was going to sign with them and how limited your access to them was going to be. Otherwise, yeah. look at all the other, you know, look at all the other companies that have struggled in yeah. the last year and a half since nxt uk came about like you know there's been so many closures of different brands because all of the big talent in the uk is signed to wwe and therefore not really capable of being involved in your show unless your show happens to be partnered with wwe so yeah we're hanging for a really interesting time as well because there was that report that came out this week that there are a lot of wwe guys and girls that are worried that they're going to get fired because mm -hmm. wwe could go into cost-cutting measures due to all of this, because they're not getting yep. any of that house show money currently. They're not getting, you know, they are they are losing money currently. Not like, yep. you know, they're never going to go out of business, like, but they aren't making as much money as they once were. And they have got so many people under contract that they do not mm. need. So there yep. could be, like, a real big Black Friday coming where they just offload a load of the talent that they've got signed that they're not going to use. And exactly. they'll return back to that British scene and it might see a revival. Yeah, well, that's the thing. And they signed so many British guys and gals or like, well, guys on the scene, I guess, guys and gals on the scene of uh, the UK, like to stop them appearing on non-WWE affiliated programming. So 
even even to the point where it was like they're not even going to be featured on NXT UK. Like NXT UK doesn't have enough show to feature all the people that are signed currently. So like there are just going to be spare parts in that regard. You have to think and like if you're cutting costs at WWE, like one of the big ones to do is your lowest performing show. So mm-hmm. two hundred five lives gone first, and then NXT UK. <laughs> like I do, what, like whatever whatever way around it is, those two things. But yeah. like yeah, I think definitely those two brands are going to be on that cusp because it like you know i guess like um nxt's at least got the shit like nxt proper has got the proper shielding of being a feeder directly to wwe proper you know it's got that you 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 go there to be in the performance center it's part of the learning experience becoming a wwe superstar and then you transition to the main roster but so far only like Pete Dunne has even transferred from NXT UK to NXT. Yeah. And then what? And then he gets to go to Raw and SmackDown. So like if that's the if that's the, the hierarchy they've given things, NXT UK should be first on the chopping block, I guess. King Chad asks, Hello Russell Talk, it's a pleasure to continue to support you through these remarkably inconsistent Steve Carino dominated times. Uh, perhaps you've asked the, been asked this before, but how would you fancy book the WrestleTalk reviews? If you had a team to be replaced by appropriately wrestlers, who would you replace to maintain that acceptable, consistent quality that we're all comfortably accustomed to? Here are my thoughts. Ollie, replaced by Kevin Owens. I believe their mutual charisma uh, would only be enhanced by a French-Canadian accent. Luke to be replaced by Chris Jericho. Just imagine Le Champion's complaining backstage gimmick with quite crap and broadly fine. Uh, Laurie to be replaced by Tommaso Ciampa. Ciampa, silently glaring at the camera for a half an hour, would capture the finer points of Laurie's work. Pete to be replaced by white meat babyface Johnny Gargano. Endearing, but ultimately harmless. Uh, a perfect fit. I can also imagine him talking about Pokemon. And finally, Randy Andy Datsun replaced by Dolph Ziggler. It's the best way to make his puns even more insufferable. All the best to you, brave boys. <laughs> <laughs> I like that Randy a lot. Andy Datsun. Yeah, I like that. I'll take Champ for any day. Iraqli, can we get a Call Your Effing Lawyers shirt for, from Adam's booking video? Oh, that was back in the days when we were all together and we could make videos mm. together. Um, Dylan Terrell Reeve asks, Hey lads, uh, with the current global pandemic going on, I've been doing a lot of gaming recently and was uh, playing my all-time favourite game, Metal Gear Solid 2 Sons of Liberty. Got me thinking, what video game characters do you think would be cool wrestling gimmicks? I think Solid Snake would be a badass Austin-like character. Shao Kahn from Mortal Kombat would also be an awesome heel. Oh, Shao Kahn would be quite cool. Yeah. I think, like, yeah, Shao Kahn's an easy jump as well because fighting game to wrestler feels like it. Totally. You want to go for something more like, uh, how do you turn the guy from Papers, Please into uh, a wrestler? Um, who do I think would be a good wrestling character? I suppose uh, Maybe someone from, like, Bioshock Infinite might be quite good. Like, uh, Booker who might be quite a good character, like... Like a sort of private eye style uh, investigator. Yeah, I was just thinking, uh, like, I only think about the games I've been playing fairly recently, which was like, you know, the Resident Evil 2 remake. Would uh, Leon S. Kennedy make a, a cool oh. uh, wrestling character? No, Wesker. Wesker. Wesker's that's the, one. the one. I think, we- yeah. <laughs> seven minutes. Seven <laughs> minutes is all I can spare to play with you, Chris. Uh, Flaming Live um, has said uh, this is a very interesting one because it's one I I very much don't agree with and I don't know how uh, they jumped to this conclusion saying uh, WWE is safe uh, in the Steve Carino problem New Japan will be fine AEW might not survive Um, I don't know how you jumped to that conclusion um, Mm -hmm. for the reasons we discussed earlier Uh, but he asked what if in a sign of of unison WWE and New Japan turn to assist them either to put their shows on their networks 
maybe spend, uh, send them some funds like Vince did for ECW back in the day, uh, anything to show their support. Uh, while they are enemy, competition is good and healthy for the business. Uh, well, I don't think WWE would do it, but New Japan might. Yeah, WWE doesn't think competition is healthy for the business. Yeah. <laughs> WWE thinks they are healthy for the business and them alone. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think AEW would be fine. Like I said, I just think, I think nobody is sitting there thinking that you have to exceed expectations and outperform yourself at this exact moment in time. Everyone is being very lenient and very, uh, well, like most people are. There's obviously some shady, bloody businesses <laughs> being absolute C-words about it. But I'm yeah, there, I think a lot of people are, are being very lenient and there's a lot of bandwidth for, obviously, things don't naturally meet expectations now. Alex Kirkman asks, uh, is it just me or does anyone think it was highly irresponsible that WWE had three jobbers on Raw in this current climate? Is that an unnecessary risk? Two squash matches whereby the three jobbers needed to uh, not needed to be there. Uh, there are other wrestlers that are already going to be there that could have been beaten instead of involving some other angles or interviews that would have sufficed. Um, you could say that maybe it's unnecessary putting on a show at all, but if WWE are going to do it, they need to keep the risk at a minimum. Maybe it's just me, but wondered if you could see where I'm coming from. Anyway, stay safe, lads. So I think with WWE um, having their sort of the squash matches that they had, the way that WWE are taping things is that only the people who are there to record are there at that time. So it would have been Alistair Black and the person he beat, the referee and, you know, the commentators. Then Alistair Black, that referee and that enhancement talent would have left. And then the next mm -hmm. people would have come in and they would have taped their segment. So actually it wouldn't have made any difference uh, in who it was that was in the ring with Alistair Black. Yeah, and you guess, yeah, it's that if you're just doing a squash match, they've just treated that like a traditional squash match. You just bring in someone to job. Mm. Um, I would also argue that, like, see, it was Jake Atlas, was it, I in think, one of the yeah. matches? Exactly. Jake Atlas was on Raw on the same time that he was, because he was also on NXT getting squashed. Uh, so <laughs> they've doubled up there <laughs> in in that regard. Like, I, I think that's what they're doing, is they're going to be spreading jobbers throughout yeah. <laughs> matches on different brands. Uh, but in the same way they're going to do like I think the, the schedule is going to be much more like um, like NXT's old taping schedule was where it's a couple of nights in one week and you have you have far more squash matches because you have you know back in the day you would have Killian Dane come out squash a guy and then later in that taping he'd come out and squash another guy and the next night he'd do his match that yeah. he was building to and they'll just do that now I guess with people but with the limited amount of personnel that you need to do to make the match happen uh, e Pain 6 say, uh, a hearty hey to all the rest of talk gang. Here's hoping you and your family are all doing safe and are Steve Carino free. Uh, real quick at the top, uh, I'm not trying to give orders here, but we need to stop calling Mania, Fastlane, Backlash and other pay-per-views pay-per-views. They're not pay-per-views because they're not on pay-per-views anymore. Um, the only way to see them on the WWE Network is to call them Network Specials, which is what WWE tried to call them like back in the early days. They were still doing pay-per-views, but also Network Specials. Um, I think it's just become it's just lexicon that people just still call it pay-per-views and actually yeah. WrestleMania is back on pay-per-view and I think that the report <laughs> is that WWE are trying to not abandon the network um, but they are putting their shows back onto pay-per-view because it is a way for them to make money um, yeah. his question is I know Saudi and Fox are big paydays but I don't see how this company stays afloat network subscriptions are down TV ratings are down and with pay-per-view buy rates non-existent how is WWE not hemorrhaging uh, uh, or losing money like crazy Having the huge pirate ship model built alone, um, which was already at the stadium anyway, so that was fine. Uh, I don't see how an increase in subscribers, say an increase of like 30%, is supposed to pay for all this. On a second note, how are they even measuring success without pay-per-view buy rate numbers? Please share any insights you have. Thanks for reading. Stay safe. They make money through TV. That is where mm -hmm. they, the big bit, like that Fox deal is worth, you know, a lot of money. 
a heck of a lot of money. And that Saudi mm. deal is way bigger than I think you're giving it credit for by just calling it a big payday. It is like the biggest oh, yeah. of big paydays. Yeah, because you know? yeah, it's basically a birthday party. It's, <laughs> it's yeah, <laughs> my super sweet Saudi 16 twice a year. It's, uh, yeah, exactly. it's crazy. It, it, we're talking astronomical funds here yeah. and uh, a tyrannical willingness to spend them. It is, yeah, it was like, I think the year is way more than any WrestleMania has ever made. And they're doing mm-hmm. it twice a year. <laughs> so, like, yeah. yeah, they are big, big paydays. Uh, Tom Delves. Hey, lads, hope everyone is well during this crazy time. Do you think with WrestleMania having no fans, WWE should be asking or encouraging fans to submit videos of their reactions to the Mania card? That way, in future promo packs, they can have some sort of fan reactions. That'd be quite cool. I, I did I did wonder whether there was, like, a, you know, like um, some version of WrestleMania where they have, you know, they do the live reaction stream anyway. Is there some version of that where that is a option that plays on the network? You go, I also want the live reactions from the WWE stars, and they've all Skyped in to watch at the same time, and they just natter and react. And then you feel a bit more like there's a live crowd there to, to be entertaining. Yeah, I agree. I, in fact, I think they were doing some form of testing around that, that you would mm-hmm. have sort of like people would be live streaming their, like fans would be live streaming their reactions. And yeah, that you would be able to watch those live stream reactions along with the show itself. Um, yeah. Or you could just watch our live reactions, which will likely be yeah. way better. Mm. Um, More shouting. <laughs> I don't know. My wife is going to be trying to sleep. And, um, I know, yeah. I know. The, I mean, like that wall behind me, like that's the other side of that is our bedroom. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Mike says uh, good time with the boys after watching and listening to you guys for the last six months I finally took the pledge and became a pledge hammer cannot wait to get into all the pay-per-view reviews even December to dismember you guys are doing such a great job keep up the good work stay safe wash your hands well thank you very much nice one thank you uh, Callum said, uh, who do you think will be in the finals for AEW's TNT Championship? Personally, I think Cody should win because he's lost a lot recently and it's not making him a good babyface. What do you think? Well, Ollie and I did that as pretty much uh, yesterday's uh, whole AEW podcast. Um, I don't think it should come down to Cody and Lance because I think that's almost the too predictable line. And I think it should come down to Darby Allen and someone like uh, Kip Sabian or maybe Darby Allen and Lance Archer. Yeah, I think Darby and Lance sounds like a really good matchup. Like I think, and then maybe Darby over, overcomes and becomes champion. That might yeah. be quite an interesting setup. But then, I mean, they're probably going to want a heel mid card champion because they've got to face top champions. So. Yeah, currently, yeah. In my head, that's kind of makes sense. Uh, I got dibs. Uh, says uh, Zelina Vega's stable of um, sexy dudes as Andrade, Angel Glass, and Austin Theory. As someone pointed out, they're all A names. Do you think this is some sort of reference to AAA? Uh, no, I think it's very much just a coincidence. I wonder. Well, I mean, if yeah, if Andrade comes back and they become AAA, though, that'd be interesting. Um, um, and she's <laughs> she's married to Alistair Black. Yeah. Uh, and finally, James J. Dillon. Uh, since the Gronk isn't the most relevant host for WrestleMania, I started to wonder why he's there in the first place. Usually, the guest host is there to build up uh, someone on the rise. Is Mojo on a star on the rise? I doubt it. So I really like this. Is it far-fetched to think that Vince brought in the Gronk to transition him over to the XFL to help Ooh. with the falling ratings? I know the league is currently on hold right now, but I can see Vince planning this for a while and holding on to the Gronk until the XFL can start back up, maybe using him as a weak crossover prop. That's really interesting. That's, a, that's fascinating. Yeah, that's a brilliant guess, actually. Like, as a, you know, I guess also... Yeah. 
I guess also like the, I, I can't. I'm not very good at judging the appeal of people from America who <laughs> uh, compete in sports that I don't like. Yep. So I don't know how much cachet the Gronk has, but seemingly WWE have used him quite a few times. So maybe he has a bit of like cultural yep. cachet to just be the host and bring in a slightly different crowd, especially if they're going back on pay per view. Like they, you know, like they're trying. They do that all the time where they just try to lump in as many cultural references outside <laughs> of wrestling into one show to be like, look, if you like Ronda Rousey, you could you could come and watch WrestleMania thirty, whatever it was, the one where she got involved in the that rock segment. What one was that? Thirty three, four. 30, 30, oh yeah, it was thirty one, yeah. wasn't it? Because yeah, I was watching um, the uh, Bray Wyatt match from that the other mm. day, and uh, yeah. Shayna Baszler and that lot are just sat in the front row. You're like, little do you know, like all these people will be in big mania matches coming down the line. But yeah, like I guess they just like to bring in as many different sports stars that they think there's going to be some sort of crossover promotion. And, and the Gronk, obviously, like as you rightly pointed out, that XFL uh, that that's an extra level of crossover now because they've got two things they're trying to sell. So. Well, yeah, and and the Gronk is because he's retired. American football player as well, I believe, that mm-hmm. if you were to coax him out of retirement and sign with one of the XFL teams, like, yeah. I mean, I don't know the, the, the extent of why he retired. He might have retired for very serious reasons. Um, yeah. But he's only, he's, you know, he is young. So, But there was the talk of the WWE deal, right? So like, there was talk of him becoming a wrestler at WWE. Hmm, so this yeah. might be a way to put his face out in WWE so that when you transition him into wrestling, that's a really big deal. But then he could go and be a pundit at XFL at the same time. So, big, big Mania weekend for us, mates. Are you, uh, are you excited mm-hmm, yeah. for all the live streams? I uh, yeah I am actually I'm I'm very interested to see what WWE have done and how they're going to make it feel special um, and like what what their attempts will be to sort of skirt over the fact that this is quite clearly not a proper WrestleMania. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think it be I think it will be fascinating to watch. I'm not necessarily expecting it to blow my socks off, but I think a few bits of it will have had the right amount of thought and production value put into it to make it feel different. And I you know, like I was saying in the in the podcast itself, I think the transformation that wrestling maybe needs to undergo is from a live event based thing to more of a TV product and they need to think about it in those mm. terms now. So what do you do to make that happen? And it's probably something more akin to what Lucha Underground was like. But obviously that involves people being able to yeah. act. So. Well, yeah, which... Who knows? Who knows? Um, right, so uh, let's try and see if I've got any emails to go through. But have you got any other uh, plans outside of uh, the wrestling this weekend? Uh, outside of the wrestling this weekend, I uh, the only thing I have planned in is that me and housemate Simon are going to play some Monster Hunter well, World at some point because he's moved out of the house. He's no longer no. housemate Simon, actually. He is now just distant friends <laughs> just Simon uh, and yeah so we're just going to play a bit of Monster Hunter World at some point and that's about it really I'm just going to coach him through the opening <laughs> levels uh, me and my brother have both got Star Realms now on Steam so um, which has nice. been cool we, go, we played a game of that the other day uh, and I thrashed him because I'm dead good at that game um, uh, we have got this email here from uh, Dylan who uh, you also had in the podcast there who said hey lads long time uh, since I've sent an email my apologies for that hope you're all keeping well and safe in these times thank you for providing us with consistent entertainment while Steve Perino has his grip on the earth so this is a Rusev Hay from um, Dylan but it's not your typical Rusev Hay as will become clear 
Uh, he says, I was supposed to be attending OTT Scrapermania 6 on March 14th and had tickets to meet John Moxley and Pac. As you can imagine, oh. I was devastated when the show was cancelled, but I was proud that Ireland was ahead of the curve and put the correct measures in place to keep our country safe. However, I've made a picture of me and Moxley in Photoshop, so I can pretend that it did happen. I can make myself feel better until mm. things are back to normal. Pictures are, is attached below. I uh, also want to give a shout out to my lady partner in Limerick, who I can't see at the moment since we live in different counties. She's been listening to the podcast and is also watching Dynamite to make sure we've got plenty of positive things to talk about on our regular video catch-ups during these tough times, despite not being a wrestling fan herself. Love you, Ashleen. Kiss, kiss. Anyway, lads, I hope you and your families are well and lucky enough to be able to work from home. So continue to contribute to Rest Talk as per usual. Lots of love, Dylan from Cork. So uh, yeah, and Dylan has got a very, very funny image. and It's just a photo of him with a, clearly a friend of his that he has show, photoshopped John Moxley's face on to be quite large next to him. So <laughs> um, hopefully when... It, the good yeah, work. Excellent work. Because what you've got to do during these tough times is you've got to make your own fun, I guess. You've got to be creative, yeah, that's it. Um, and thank you to um, Andy, who got in touch, Andy Mack, um, because he... Uh, so on the show that me and Pete did last weekend on the Saturday show uh, for SmackDown, um, which will be back. People will be pleased to know we'll be back to being Pete and Andy this week because Andy's got a microphone now. Um, so he's hey. not sounding like he's in a cave anymore. Um, so, uh, but we were talking about like people were doing pay-per-view randomizers to kind of like entertain yourself during this period. Um, and we ended up with some quite bad shows using his randomizer. So um, Andy got in touch with a uh, an Excel sheet that he's put together that just automatically you know, puts together a pay-per-view for you. He's essentially, I think, just putting like every pay-per-view that's available on the network. Um, so type your name into the box. Type, does this work on? I've got downloaded, I think. Um, but yeah, apparently you can just type in anything or you just type in your name, press F9, and it will randomize the whole show. Like it'll just pick a show at random for you. Wow. Which is really cool. We need to try, he said we can share it out, but I need to try and find a way to share that out on the old socials so that people can download it and have a bit of fun with it. Um, but I think that is going to bring us to a close for this episode. So thank you all so much for listening. Hope you're all staying well and washing your hands and you know, getting better during all of this. Um, we will be back tomorrow with the SmackDown review and then get ready, folks. On uh, Sunday, there will be the Night 1 WrestleMania review with myself and Adam. Then on Monday, there will be the Night 2 WrestleMania review with myself and Adam. And then on Tuesday... There'll be the usual Raw review with myself and Ollie, and then sort of back to normal because on Thursday it's going to be AEW, and you've got a big NXT show. You've got your ticket. We do the takeover dampening expectations. <laughs> uh, matches. Damper Bay. Um, yeah. So, yeah, big old week of podcasts. And thank you all so much for listening. We'll see you soon. Take care. I love you. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 